uh, in a great series, probably in all my years here, my favorite. It's uh, 11 things that everyone who uh, knows Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, 11 things that uh, everyone should know. And it comes as a result of the question that Jesus asked his disciples. So you remember, as we've talked in weeks before, he said, who do the people say that I am? And there were a number of responses. And then Jesus made it much more personal and says, well, who do you say that I am? And again, they stumbled around. It wasn't until uh, Peter uh, made the proclamation, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And, and Jesus said, that's right. In fact, if you know that part in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus then, he, the rest of the book of Mark and the rest of the Gospels, he heads to the cross because that's exactly who he was. And what I had wished is that the disciples would have asked the question in return, who do you say, Jesus, that we are? That each of them would say, Jesus, who am I? So we would know. Before we go into that, uh, that response, let me, uh, let me pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are your people and that you have called us to something very, very special. So open our eyes and our hearts this morning that to all that you would have for us. And if there would be anything that would hinder us hearing you, I pray that you re would remove it. For we've come to see Jesus and to hear Jesus and to be changed to be more like Jesus. And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So... 11 things that if you grasp them, you would know who you are. And not only when you grasp them will you know who you are, but you will also have the, uh, the tools to help somebody else know who they are. Some of you by this time can uh, maybe name them. I'm going to try to put them up here on the wall in, in the weeks ahead, but... Uh, Number one, that you are known before the creation of the world. And that should roll your socks up and down and blow you away. That before anything was created, you were known by God. That the Bible tells us. And the second is that you were created in the image of God. You were different and are different than anything else that God created. Third, that you, I don't need to tell us this, but we're broken. We're fallen. We don't do the things we want to do, and we do those things we don't want to do. We have got a inherent problem. It's called sin. And so God had a plan for that. You are redeemed through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, sins cannot be forgiven. And so you are redeemed. You are forgiven. And because of that, you are a new creation. The old is gone, and behold, the new has come. And part of that new creation is that you are a child of God. And, and you are eternally adopted. And in the culture of the day, you could not unadopt an adopted child. And you have an inheritance that is waiting for you. 
And then you are called. There is a purpose to your life. And in that calling, you are empowered that Mike shared last week through the power of the whole and presence of the Holy Spirit. And this morning, we're going to hit something that we've hit a number of times in this congregation. You are gifted. Now, so many of us, like Carrie's children's message, we look in the mirror and we hear that we're gifted and, and we think God may have been having a bad day when he gifted us because we're not sure exactly what that gifting is and how in the world God could use it. But we are gifted to make a difference. We are not like Jim Bob. Jim Bob worked at a grocery store and Jim Bob was lazy. Jim Bob didn't do much and Jim Bob got fired. And it was about a week later, somebody came in and looking for Jim Bob and the owner said, he doesn't work here anymore. He got fired. And the person said, well, how are you gonna, how are you gonna fill the hole that Jim Bob left? And the, the manager said, he didn't leave a hole. He didn't leave a hole. I wonder when we close our eyes in this world, how many of us won't leave a hole, a vacancy? How many of us will choose not to make a difference in the kingdom of God in a way that God intended? Now, one of my favorite verses in the Bible comes from the book or the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. There's so much here. It says, for by grace, and grace is unmerited favor. We don't deserve it. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Our salvation is a gift from God, not as a result of works so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship. Now, depending on your translation of the Bible, your, your Bible might say we are his masterpiece. It actually comes from a, a word that sounds in uh, the Greek-like uh, poem. We are his poem created in Christ Jesus for good works. We have a purpose in our creation in our being created for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I have shared before, we come with preloaded software for the kingdom of God. We come designed for a purpose to make a difference for the kingdom of God. The apostle Paul says to the Corinthian church, Concerning spiritual gifts, concerning your giftedness, concerning this thing that God has put in you to make a difference, they're called spiritual gifts. He says, I do not want you to be uninformed. I think the NIV says, I do not want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to miss this. Do not miss that you are created with gifts 
that will make a difference in God's plan for the world, for those you will come in contact with. The Old Testament tells us, Psalm 139, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. This word knit is a scientific word for the pieces of who you are are specifically built into who you are by God. You were knit together in your mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. We are individually handcrafted by God for a purpose. Every one of us, if you name Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you are gifted with at least one, but more than one spiritual gift that God has put in you, pre-planned in you to make a difference in the world in which you and I live. And when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives by faith, when we take that step of faith, those gifts are activated by the Holy Spirit. Now, you say, Jerry, you know, you've been here a while and we hear about spiritual gifts. Yes, because I love spiritual gifts. In fact, it was the heart of my doctor of ministry project when I was at Fuller Seminary working on my D-Men. There are in the world somewhere four books. I wrote a book. This, this doctor of ministry project became kind of a book, and there are four of them, and uh, I own three. <laughs> And the other one is at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena. Now, the young man to my left there is my son, Andrew, who recently, well, a number of years ago, received his Doctor of Ministry project, and his book is there. And I would want you to see the difference in the thickness of the books. If he's listening, he slid by, and I really did a good job on spiritual gifts. <laughs> and so, uh, at the basement of Fuller Library, you can go and find those two books sitting next to each other. The idea of spiritual gifts, of knowing our gifts are so important because it gives us purpose and meaning to our lives. God knit them into us. Now, when you give someone a gift, you think of them and you want to bless them with a gift. And, and so the gift that you think for them and buy for them is one that will be meaningful not only to them, but to you. And when you give one of those gifts, you get as much joy in giving it as the person who receives it. When God gives our spiritual gifts, it's the same thing. The joy, you know, the, the spiritual gifts are called uh, the charismatic gifts or charisma. And... Uh, 
in that word is uh, charisma is the word car, which is joy. Spiritual gifts, when you use them, bring you joy, but it brings God great joy in blessing you with something that will bless others. And when are we disappointed? When we give a gift and somebody puts it on the shelf and they don't use the gift. And for so many in the church, we don't use the gifts that God gives them, gives us. So what are these gifts? that God blesses us and he is blessed as give what are spiritual gifts here's here's a definition a spiritual gift is the supernatural ability to carry out the work of Christ through his church now a spiritual gift isn't natural talent and and everyone in here has talents in one way or the other what you can do and make and how uh, sing or paint there there are lots of talents athletic talents but those are not spiritual gifts. Can God use your talent? Absolutely. But he specifically gives you a supernatural. It's bestowed by God who is sovereign with a plan given to you by the Holy Spirit with an assignment to use those gifts. A supernatural ability. Now, when you think of supernatural ability, most of us these days go to our superheroes. They have supernatural abilities. Marvel Comics, there are... Uh, uh, it, but if you think about it, almost all of the superheroes in comics and on TV, there's, they're not born with that. There's an event that happens that empowers those particular gifts to kind of bloom, to kind of explode on the scene. There's a challenge or a situation that make those gifts come alive. In the Christian faith, faith in Jesus Christ empowers the gifts in our lives by the Holy Spirit. And just like those superheroes when they discover their giftedness, they live, they choose to live into that giftedness. Do we choose to live into our giftedness? And just how are we gifted? You know, this never made sense in math to me. Jesus Christ is 100% God. Jesus Christ is 100% human. That just that math does not work. How you can be 100% both. But he is. For us, we are 100% human. When we invite Christ into our lives to be our savior, to to trust in his death on the cross, we get the power of the Holy Spirit. So not only are we 100% human, but we become a percentage of something more powerful. We become this new creation, this child of God, and there's a power in our lives 
where we actually do become more Christ-like. Jesus told his disciples, you're impressed with what I do, you will do greater things than I will do. There will be a power within you that you will actually accomplish more than I have accomplished. Do we live into who we are? Superheroes are all different with different talents and abilities. The same is true for us in here. No two of us are alike when it comes to our spiritual gifting and giftedness. Paul writes to the church at Rome in chapter 12. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Okay, so we, we belong to the body of Christ. We're individual and we have different functions, but we are one body together. Then he says, having gifts that differ according to the grace that is given us. Notice it doesn't say we have different gifts because we've earned different gifts. We have different gifts because God in his grace has blessed us with different gifts. Let us use them. If you speak words of prophecy, do it in proportion to your faith. If service in your serving, the one who teaches in their teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in their generosity, the one who leads, let them lead with zeal, the one who does, does acts of mercy, may they do it with cheerfulness. Notice there are a number of different gifts. You could probably at least count 22 in the New Testament of spiritual gifts. Now, there may be many more, but it's not only those 22, but it's the blend of how those go together. You are a blend of gifts. We are not all the same. So there's an infinite number of possibilities with how these spiritual gifts come together. Maybe the best way to, to understand it um, is, well, let, let me go as, as we're all form one body. We do not all have the same function. Our gifts belong to the body. We all have different gifts. Gifts are given to us by God's grace. We need to use our own gifts within the body of Christ. And we need to encourage others to use their gifts as well. So what does this look like? Well, the, the best way, I think, to help understand this gift mix is, is by, uh, Mike would love it, going into the kitchen. And if you would have eggs and flour and um, baking soda and sugar and salt and, and uh, different ingredients, you go to a cookbook and it's amazing how all of these same ingredients in different proportions make different things. You have a little of this, a lot of that, or a little of this, 
that and a lot of this. And, and so this endless combination of what you can do with the ingredients of cookbook puts them together and it bakes, you could bake different kind of pastries and cakes and, and food items in the same way spiritual gifts are proportioned in our lives, making us each unique, uniquely placed in our lives to make a difference that God prepared in advance for us to do. He knit them into us, and they're activated by the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the other problem. Say you have an understanding that your gift is evangelism. And everybody goes, swell. Because what are you going to do with the gift of evangelism? You're going to compare yourself with Billy Graham. And you're going to start sweating thinking about standing in a stadium of 100,000 people sharing Jesus Christ and singing just as I am. Or maybe you have the gift of teaching. And you're thinking, I could never teach like Jack taught here. Or I could never teach like a Chuck Swindoll. Or maybe you have the gift of compassion and mercy, and all of a sudden you see yourself in a nun outfit in Calcutta and thinking, that doesn't fit for me. Or maybe as a person of faith, and you think of Jim Elliott, who gave his life as a missionary. You see, when we think about spiritual gifts, we, we think about particular people and, and we, we think we can't even stand in their shadow. But having the gift of evangelism might be having a conversation across the coffee table. Having the gift of teaching might be sitting on the phone helping somebody work through a struggle that they're having in understanding where God is in the midst of what they are facing. Maybe having the gift of mercy and compassion is stepping into the life of someone on the street or in the grocery store or crossing over to the cubicle or the house next door. You see, most of us get intimidated when we think about particular spiritual gifts because people come to mind and we think we could never measure up. But the ingredients that God has put in your life and in my life are meant to be used as we go through life. There are divine appointments for you and I today that God has planned that with a spiritual gift that is activated, empowered by the Holy Spirit, you will make the difference 
an eternal difference in the life of someone that you will come across. Last week, Mike talked about that empowerment by the Holy Spirit. Do you believe it? Do you know the last thing Jesus told his disciples? It's in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Now that word actually can be translated martyr because you will give it all. You will be able to give it all in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And they, they watch him go and, and ascend into heaven. And a couple of angels come and tap him on the shoulder. Read it for yourself in the book of Acts. And they go, why are men of Israel, why are you looking up? You've been sent out. It's not important where he went. It's important where and how you go. So do you trust in the power of the Holy Spirit? I want to uh, see if I can plug this in. This is uh, comes from my office. And now, do you all think there's some power here? I learned about this power when I saw my younger brother Jeff one day go into my mom's purse and take out the safety deposit keys. Back then, uh, there were two keys and they were held by a metal ring. And he thought he could unlock the outlet. And he took those two keys, one in each hand, and he put each into the socket. I watched it not only send a lightning shock through the house, I saw him thrown across the room against the opposite wall. We think he lived, but um, <laughs> there was, no, he, he did live. But because that little ring broke, that saved his life, according to the, to the doctor. The power that is here. This is like our spiritual gifts. And the thing is, we either believe that there's power or there's not, because we are gifted. This is your gift. And if you would trust the Holy Spirit, the power is there. The problem is, one, we don't think that there's power. And so we don't trust it. Do you know, for every superhero, they have to be, there, there's one thing that has to take place in their life for them to be effective. They have to be willing to use the power that they have. And the same is, the true, is true for you and me as followers of Jesus Christ. The question isn't, 
do we have the power? The question isn't, are we gifted? Because the Bible says both of those are true. The problem is, are you and I willing? And how you answer that will determine whether you will live into who God has made you to be. And you might say, Jerry, where do I start? You start at the place where your greatest joy meets the world's greatest need. Where your greatest joy meets the next need that you see, you will sense and know if you're willing to step into that, you will know the power of the Holy Spirit and you will have a taste of the purpose of your life. You think about that. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious, gracious Heavenly Father, you are the giver of all good things. And you have gifted us, you've knit into our very lives spiritual gifts. And because of our faith in you as followers of Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit that will empower those gifts. Oh, Lord, may we be willing. And may we find ourselves at that place where our greatest joys meets the world's greatest needs. For anyone here who does not know you to be their Savior and their Lord, may this day they bow their knee because you have great plans for them. And they will make a difference. And they will know purpose. And they will live into who you have made them to be. We give you these things with grateful hearts. Lord, make us willing. In Jesus' name. Amen.